The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. See their limited edition giant silver Tribble available for pre-order today at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hi, this is Armin Shimmerman. I play Quark on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. You figure out who's who. Traveling Entertainment Department of Podfleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Wait, what the hell are you doing? Greetings to you, listeners, one and all, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and I've been distracted by something bright and shiny. I apologize. It's the head of my podcast co-host. This is episode number 291. We're going to talk about our our recent uh, journey outside of the New England airspace. And, of course, to do that, I need uh, my partner in crime. He is he's not that bright. I'm just going to come right out and say it right now. he um, he's, he's challenged in a lot of ways, the le- not the least of which is how to use a microphone mm-hmm. um, or to pick his teeth with a brick tool. More about that later. <laughs> he's... He's Dan Davidson, and I don't know why I'm here with him, but I am. So, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy, thanks. Uh, my head's bright when the sun and the lights are shining off of it. I guess that's the only brightness I got going for me, but it's great to be here. Yes, I am picking my teeth with a uh, brick-building uh, separation tool, and it's kind of fun. So that's what I'll be doing today to distract you all through this awesome discussion that we're going to have about our fantastic trip to sunny, hot, deserty Las Vegas for the 56-year mission tour a couple of weeks ago. Deserty. Deserty. That's a, that's a new adjective. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to use it. Hashtag deserty, everyone. No, let's not do that. Okay. But yeah, it was a fan, fun trip, and um, I'm, I'm glad we're here to talk about it, man. Uh, I am too. Uh, you know, it's the first time you and I had actually kind of ventured that way in, well, three years, honestly. Yeah. We, we hadn't been there since 2019. Had every intention of going in 2020, of course, but uh, um, I, I think just about everybody we know that went has come down with something since they came back, whether it's con crud or COVID, or in my case, I had some pretty severe bronchitis, um, which almost turned into pneumonia. So um, it's uh, I'm just I'm glad that we're both a little less um, 
uh, ailed than we were. Yeah. I, oh boy, I could use an ale right now. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I did catch a cold, uh, but it's pretty much gone now. Luckily, I didn't uh, have anything as serious as you did because I know that you were really under the weather for several days. And we've, like you said, we've talked to a lot of people that have either gotten COVID or been sick or something. So stuff is still out there. Uh, I, I really got to, you know, kind of a little tangent. I really got to appreciate people like Jerry Ryan who have decided to not go to Germany for the convention out there because they would not uh, accommodate her for uh, outdoor photographs. Um, and she is very serious about face masks and, and protecting herself and her family from stuff that's still out there. And stuff is still out there, as we both know from what we've been dealing with over the last uh, couple of weeks. So um, even with that being said, it was a fun trip. It was really great to get back out there for the first time in three years. It really was. Masks were required mm-hmm. for the event, but there wasn't a whole lot of policing going on. Right. Um, unless you happen to be in an autograph area with a major celebrity. Other than that, I mean, I, we saw people walking around in, in some, uh, in various modes of wearing masks, whether it was not at all or kind of half wearing them. Right. Uh, we were, were ours most of the time. Um, and uh, like you said, we didn't come down with COVID. Um, we fortunately know some people who did, and hopefully they're all uh, on the mend fairly soon. But uh, it there were some unique challenges posed by Bally's, which we'll be talking about later mm-hmm. on in just a little bit. Absolutely. I agree. In the meantime, why don't you and I do a little business with America, America. and we'll be right back. Dan, as always, we want to take this moment to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Yeah, absolutely we do, man. And why not? We're just so happy to have them here on the network. Uh, their pins are beautiful, they're exceptional quality, and their service is second to none. Uh, in the coming weeks, Fansets will have all kinds of new stuff available at fansets.com that were revealed in Vegas just a couple of weeks ago, like the two newest additions to the XL Mastership Collection, the USS Defiant, and the USS Voyager, and they are gorgeous. Also be on the lookout for the Confederation badge slash neck slicer from Star Trek Picard Season 2. Do not hurt people with that badge, Bill. Uh, and very soon, uh, the one we've been waiting for, buddy, and they had the they had the model there uh, in Vegas. The TNG Com badge will be coming to fansets.com in the coming weeks. It's, it looks beautiful, too. We had the chance to look at that prototype. Um, I would have sworn that they took it straight off of, of somebody's uniform from 1994 and dropped it right in my hands. It looks that good. So in the meantime, head on over to fansets.com, put those XL mastership pins and a whole bunch of other stuff in your cart, maybe some accessories and at checkout, be sure to enter the special discount code TrekGeeks for 10% off your entire order. That's TrekGeeks in all capital letters with no spaces. And of course, don't forget when you spend more than $30, you automatically get free shipping in the U.S. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Okay, so I, I you know, I say it every week. I got to say it again. If you haven't checked out the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble from Science Division, what are you doing? You're really missing out, friends. 
what are you doing? Seriously, you got to check it out because this officially licensed Tribble is truly an amazing high quality Star Trek collectible, which we know you're going to be proud to add to your collection. You, Dan, you have one. Mm. I have one. Our Tribbles are amazing. So much work and creativity went into creating this Tribble too, right down to the softest fur you can possibly imagine. And I mean, softer than the snoring pit bull that's next to me here on the sofa. Very soft. Plus the sounds the Tribble makes, you know, it's straight out of the original series. You're going to swear this Tribble was delivered straight from space station K7 right to your door. And one of the coolest things is the science division Tribble has its own app that you can use to control the Tribble. It's not necessary, but you can actually make it scream. You know that pe- that sound that blah, 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 that it used to make in Trouble with Tribbles? Not as good an impersonation as others, but I'm going to go with it. You can make it do that at annoying people like podcast co-hosts. Anyway, fret not because everybody except Bill knows that Tribbles are not dangerous, Bill. What was that noise again? <laughs> so head on over to sciencediv.com right now to pick up one of the galaxy's first interactive Tribbles for your very own. And we promise it'll make a noise better than the one <laughs> that Dan just made. Plus, while you're there, check out their new and improved shop accessory section. You can get all kinds of Science Division swag like t-shirts, mugs, or even ye old legendary Science Division bag of toting. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. Hi, Dr. Phil Flox here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in L.A., come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. Well, buddy, here we are, mm-hmm. uh, back from Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good. Um, I don't know why I have to slip into Austin Powers when I talk into Las Vegas. Really Maybe it's because that in the first movie, they actually go to Las Vegas. But um, yet I digress. Um, we had a great time at the 56-year mission convention. It, uh, it was uh, our first convention in three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here to talk about the good... The bad and, unfortunately, the ugly. Yes. Um, it was not the smoothest convention that we've ever been to, so we should probably say that up front. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the first one in three years. We were very excited. It was a new uh, location, of course. Um, uh, it was not uh, at its normal uh, location, so at the Rio. So it was moved over to Bally's for just this one year. We'll be back at the Rio next year. And I got to say... I don't think anybody ever would have thought anyone in their right mind would say, I can't wait till the convention is back at the Rio. But that's what we're saying. Um, there were a lot of great things about the convention. There were a lot of things that were a little questionable. Um, there were some growing pains for being at a new location, certainly. But um, uh, we're going to hit all the all the good and, and bad points. One of the good points I got to start right off the bat with, Bill, though, is the fact that we, we were in the vendor's room this year uh, at our own booth right next to Fansets. And we had a fantastic time with people coming up and talking to us, and we got to meet a lot of listeners and and talk about the podcast and all the great shows we have on the network. And that was certainly one of the highlights for me for the week. Oh, same here. I mean, we 
there was good that came out of this convention. Mm-hmm. The ability to reconnect with people we haven't seen in three years. The ability to celebrate this franchise that that we love so much. And I mean, you know, that you and I talk about at length every single week. Um, the some of the planning that creation did put into this was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have to at least give them some credit where credit is due. Um, I appreciated the way they tried to structure, um, where autographs and photo ops were to take advantage of the available space. But some of those spaces proved to be really kind of too small. Yeah, I, I will agree with you. We'll get right into that now is, is, I think that for the autographs that were um, hosted by Creation, if that's the best way to put it, where you actually purchased a ticket online or from yep. one of the vendors, they actually were pretty good. They had separate rooms that you went into. They were very well um, uh, maintained with the lines outside in the halls, and you had to have your ticket, and you had to have your mask. They were very strict about going into these rooms with masks on because of the 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 um, cramped isn't the right word, but they weren't the biggest of rooms. They were they were good sized rooms for 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 the uh, for the stars to to do the autographs, and that was great. Um, I had a couple of those, and it was pretty good. They also had some um, areas in the main ballroom uh, where the main stage was um, in the back. That was a little problematic, I think, at times for lines, especially when there was somebody on stage and they were, you know, trying to, to talk about stuff and people were, you know, constantly in line. However, the area that I thought was really a problem, and it's it's because the space at Bally's is not what it was like at the Rio. Is anybody who any of the any of the talent that had tables in the vendors' room, and they were doing autographs or selfies, those lines were ridiculous. They were ridiculously long, and they blocked all the other vendor tables when those lines formed. So somebody could be sitting there hoping to do autographs or or selfies of themselves for fans. Their fans couldn't get to that table because all the fans were lined up for like the Discovery people at one end or, or Jonathan Frakes or Anson Mount at the other end. And the lines were just gigantic, and they lasted forever. So I know there were a lot of people that were not happy with how that uh, turned out in the vendor's room. Yeah, no, and I think that, unfortunately, that's true of the main theater, too. You brought that up a second ago, but let's go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the main theater, it was it, it was chaos. Yes. And I felt bad for anybody sitting in the general admission section in the back. Yep. Because, well, first off, the, the main theater was, it had to be about a third of the size of the regular main theater at the Rio. It was not very big. It was not uh, big, and the sound system was not very good either. No, that's true. And so they had the the autograph um, sessions at the back of that theater, but the lines were snaking through the audience. They were so long. And the other problem was you had no idea which line it was until you went up to one of the lines and right. said, who are you in line for? Right. Um, because it was just very poorly um, laid out. Yes. And some of this is, is the fault of the space because there's just not a lot of space to do that there. And the other part of it is just really trying to turn chicken salad out of chicken poop based <laughs> on what they had available. Right. I mean, I get it. Yep. This this was an imperfect convention year, and I know that there were a lot of speed bumps, but there were also a lot of upset people because, well, well here's here's a great example. You and I were trying to get autographs from Strange New World folk. Yes. Um and at one point, it was it was Jess Bush and Celia Rose Gooding and Melissa Navia all at the back of the of the main theater, mm-hmm. and we got one of them, maybe two, yep. depending. 
And then they cut the line off. Uh, well, I'll use my example. I was in line for Melissa Navi. I was six people from the table. Yep. And they cut the line off because they had to take them to panel. It's like, well, you can come back later. And it's like, no, I, I can't actually right. because um, we're running the biggest party of the week off site yeah. and we have to leave for that. Yep. So I was out that autograph. Right. Because of the policy, and I think part of the reason, and and you know, we're, we are gonna we are gonna give some blame of, to some of the things that went wrong to creation, but also they were very short staffed. They were asking for people to help on their website days before the event. I mean, it just there were, they were. Not, there was not a lot of staff, and and um, got to give credit to the staff that was there. They did their best to work with what they were given. Some fans, I gotta say, were disgusting with how they treated some of these volunteers that were there, um, or or whether they were paid or volunteers. Um, it was really sad to see. Um, but yeah, I think part of the problem was a lot of things were not kept on schedule. So you had an autograph session from a certain time, and then they're supposed to be um, maybe photo ops or something like that, or maybe they're on stage. Things went over all week, all week long. Stuff was yep. running late, and that caused problems with the other. Everything's kind of snowballed, and I think mm-hmm. that's what happened with us. We were in line to get the autographs, and I was right there with you with six left to get Melissa, and boom, they closed it, and we couldn't go back because we had to head off site for our party. Um, frustrating, you know, you lose the money for the autograph ticket because you can't, you're not going to be able to use it. And it's just one of the examples that uh, stuff fell through the cracks. And I think scheduling was really a problem with creation being able to handle everything over the course of the week. You figure on one hand, we had, you know, a much smaller venue in every sense of the word. Um, Yes, it was on the strip. But unfortunately, that uh, that convention space is probably about 40 years too old Mm -hmm. um, for this convention. It just could not handle. uh, I'd hate to see Vegas at at its peak. Like, there's no way they could have had STLV 50 at this place. Oh, no God. way. That would have been a disaster, I think. Yeah. It was It was already, you know, butts and elbows for that convention and hard to move at the Rio. Can you imagine it at, not at all. Bally's? No, not at all. No. And then it there was not great signage. Um, because we got in one line thinking it was the autograph line because it snaked all over the place. Mm-hmm. And we found out that was actually the line for pictures. Yep. And we were in line about 15 minutes before we knew that that was the case. Right. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you guys got the map. That didn't matter because there was stuff on the map that wasn't, you know, there was stuff going on that wasn't on the map and and, and things like that. And things change all the time with these conventions. So, um, yeah. How many app updates were there all weekend long with X has moved to this room Mm -hmm. and Y has moved to that room and the time for this has changed. So the... Uh, the schedule was fluid, I think, is, is the best way to state it, based on, you know, things things happening at the con. Right. Um, and now, I, I don't want to seem like we're dogging on creation because we're really not trying to because it was an imperfect situation. Yep. And honestly, they did the best they could um, to have this con because they very easily could have said, you know what? The Rio's closed mm-hmm. for renovation. Let's just, we'll, we'll take a year off. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they, they could have easily done that. And I think it's, you know, um, of course, they want to make their money like every company does. And I have no problem with that. That's why people have businesses so that they can make money off of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did want people to get together again. I mean, we we were crushed when we had to cancel last year. So I was glad we were there. I don't want to look at it as bashing on creation for the things that went wrong. I want to give it the opportunity for them to have learned from some of the things that didn't go as well this year um, that have gone well in the past and that should go well again in the future when it's at the Rio. Uh, Agreed. And I think that 
a lot of the issues we saw this year will be solved next year I by being so. in a much bigger space, yep, quite honestly. Absolutely. I think the Rio is conducive to this convention mm-hmm. um, and the way it's grown. You know, if you look at the, the old years when I used to go with the old Hilton and you look at Bally's this year, um, it's it was an imperfect spot for this kind of event mm-hmm. and how it's grown. I mean, how many Star Trek series do we have right now? How many people do we see turn out to to meet the Strange New Worlds folks and the Discovery folks and you know, Lower Decks? It was uh, it, it needs a big venue, and Bally's is not it. Right now, you know, we we know that the Rio was going through some renovations, and I don't know if Bally's was the only place available or it was the cheapest place available for creation. Whatever the case, that's where they decided to go. It had some some issues. Um, creation had some issues with things that they did, and and they didn't prepare well enough for for stuff. I'm willing to give them a pass because I know it's going to be someplace next year, and I know that they are going yep. to work hard to correct the problems. That being said, there were problems, um, but we still had a blast. It was it, we had a great time, um, and the the things that did work well, I thought were fantastic. Uh, I agree with that. I I agree wholeheartedly. I thought that the, uh, you know, the, the the different vendors they had in the hall was very much like previous years. Yep. You saw many of the same players. You saw a lot of new faces, which was great. Um, but you know, you saw booths and and people you expect to see every single year, which was awesome. Right. There was a good mix. I thought this year. Mm-hmm. I also thought that there was a good mix of celebrities in the dealers' room signing autographs. A lot. Um, you know, where it was in Vegas, it seems like. There's always a lot of that, and some of them are maybe people who were in an episode or two. There were actually more Star Trek regulars in the, the vendors hall this year yeah. than I've seen in years past, which I thought was very good. I thought it was excellent, and and um, this we always get this the 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 people that are there every year, which is always great. But we had some more people there this year that aren't, or I don't remember seeing as much, if at all, in other convention years at the Rio. Um, so it was good. I mean, there was there was at least two whole sections of just star trek people doing autographs like like holds like eight nine tables long on both sides of the curtain um so i was really glad to see that amount of of uh of of people showing up to to meet the the fans absolutely you know i expected to see garrett long in the same spot Mm -hmm. that he was in and he was I expected to see Intergalactic Trading Company at the same spot. I expected mm-hmm. to make it so at the same spot. So there was some familiarity in this vendor's hall, even though it was a very different space. Right. And that was fantastic. So I really appreciated that. I also appreciated the fact that um, as much as it was weird logistically, I appreciated having the Roddenberry stage and the type of room it was in because I think it was actually a better venue than the Rio. The Roddenberry stage was fantastic at Bally's. It felt like its own special place, whereas in the Rio, like you said, it's right off where the rest rest area is, so to speak, in the refreshment center and Quark's Bar, as it used to be called. And then you had this little corner off to the side where there's the stage. This one at Bally's was fantastic. It was this huge. It was this whole ballroom all to itself. Great chandeliers, very nicely decorated, and a nice big stage up in the front. And it was it was really well. It really uh, put together well. And I gotta say. A lot of the stuff that happened at the Roddenberry stage was some of the best stuff of the entire convention. Well, and and that's really kind of the next you know kind of uh, section is is content. You know, we saw reduced hours and later hours on the secondary stage and the Roddenberry stage due to some scheduling snafus at Bally's. Mm-hmm. 
um, and various union rules. So um, they they did the best they could there. They had to consolidate some schedules. So I think some of the stuff that would have been in the secondary theater wound up on the Roddenberry stage, like our panel yep. um, and some others. But ultimately, I thought that there was a fantastic array of content driven from fans yes. this year. Yep. And I, I think it honestly was is better than it has been in years past. I agree. There were very passionate people that were up on stage talking about all kinds of things. It's funny you said, Bill, the, the secondary stage. I don't even know what the secondary stage was this year. I didn't go to it once. I had no idea where it was or what was going on there. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, where was it? I don't even know where it was on the map. So that's a, that just goes to show you. Uh, but the, the 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 stuff going on in the Roddenberry uh, stage was was really a lot of fun. You got to see a whole bunch of different things. Before we had our panel, there was a gentleman on there um, who was in prison for 20 years and had gotten out, and he's now talking about the good that comes of Star Trek, and, and, and he's got a book that came out. It's just amazing to see all the different areas of fandom uh, coming out on the Roddenberry stage and, and talking about the thing that they love so much. It was really it was really great to see. I agree. I, I think that for next year back at the Rio, they could maybe shake up the layout of the Roddenberry stage room and put the the stage kind of in the end where all the tables are now yes. uh, in front of the bar and then leave that kind of corner off to the side, maybe as a much smaller area for eating and drinking perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the content on the Roddenberry stage has really come to rival some of the main stage content. Yes. So um, I, I would love to see that for next year, and I hope that they actually do that. Yeah, and uh, selfishly, I'll say that uh, I had an absolute blast when we were up there for our panel uh, for Stump the Geek Live. We had a great time. Um, it was a lot of fun. We got heckled by a Star Trek star. He jumped up on stage and joined us, and and it was just one of the highlights of the entire week. It was a lot of fun, and anytime John Billingsley gives you a hard time, you know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the Trektivism panel was also in that space. Awesome, um, yeah which obviously we have a tie to through the, the Trek Talks Telethon and the Hollywood Food Coalition. So very happy that, that Matthew had a great turnout for that particular panel. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and, and the guys at Nerd Trek you know, who did their podcasting yeah. panel, which was fantastic, including you know both uh, Sabrina from Sci-Fi Sisters and our good friend Heather. Um, I, I thought it was great um, to have some of that level of experience and uh, you know, cross- fandom. So I, I I really think the content this year was pretty good despite some of the panels on the main stage. Yeah, I think it's really uh it really says something that creation does listen to what people are saying when they get so many fans involved, uh like they did on the Roddenberry stage. It's one thing to go see all the stars and everything, but when you see packed a packed Roddenberry stage room to see all of the friends or or fellow podcasters or other people that have a specific passion for Star Trek, it was really good to see the amount of people that turned up up there. And they had a bar there, too. That's always a plus. Well, yeah, absolutely. Now, it was weird that that space was on the 26th floor of the mm-hmm. hotel. <laughs> and the convention was on the first floor. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that was weird. Elevator wait times were not as bad as I thought they would be, although they were still bad. They were bad. They did have a couple that were specific to go straight from 1 to 26, uh, mm-hmm. which helped out a little bit. But if you weren't going on 1 to 26, you had less elevators to go to your room. And we suffered from that a little bit during the week. We did. I, I do appreciate Bally's responsiveness to, to make some express elevators. Yeah. You know, in that elevator bank, I, I do think it helped with with that particular aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think that um, as far as a hotel goes, 
<laughs> Bally's is probably now my least favorite hotel in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, and you know, I have never, well, I've been to a lot of Vegas hotels. You know that. Um, I've stayed almost everywhere on the strip. Yep. Almost. Mm-hmm. There are probably four or five properties I haven't stayed at. And that by far was the smokiest casino. Yeah. I at the smelliest casino mm-hmm. I've ever been in in my life. And I've been to the casino in Montreal. <laughs> and that looked like, you know, the the grandstand at Fenway Park in 1975 during a night game. <laughs> All you could see is this cloud of smoke, yeah. you know, amid the lights. Yeah. So, um Bally's uh, is not going to be anywhere I'm going to rush to stay back at ever again. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I've only been at a few places in Vegas. It, I was not really impressed with it. I will say that for the convention area itself, they were able to keep it pretty pretty smoke-free. Uh, there was no yes. smoking allowed and, and stuff like that, so that was good. But yeah, walking through that casino, especially at night after the convention, if we were walking around going to a restaurant or or going across the uh, the, the walkway to get to Paris, that was pretty disgusting. Um, and I'm, it's surprising that they still have that allowed indoors uh, with all the stuff that's going on where you can't smoke in a lot of places. That still that just hasn't taken place in, uh, in uh, Vegas yet. No, a lot of casinos have better smoke mitigation systems, mm-hmm. and I don't know if if Bally's just needs new systems yeah. or uh, new ventilation or what the deal was. Um, I also noticed that Bally's seemed to have a much more reduced staff, um, and it seemed like that perhaps they were bringing in people from other parts of the country or the world mm. in order to work at Bally's um, right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I can appreciate that maybe they weren't operating you know, at full capacity like they normally are. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate what their employees did, even if, as far as properties go, I think the place is a dump. I don't. I wonder if they didn't expect to have the turnout that they did, um, not really knowing what the Star Trek convention is like, um, and were kind of caught a little bit flat-footed. I don't know. That's just that's total guess on my part. But it started when we first got there. We had to go up to the front desk and we were second in line and we must have waited like 20 minutes because there's only one per- one person working yeah. the entire desk uh, on a, on a uh, Tuesday morning when we were, or Wednesday morning when we Wednesday were, morning at like 8 a.m. Yeah, yeah. It was a little irritating. Um, now, granted, those aren't peak hours in Las Vegas because many people are still in bed. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, our, our flight drama um, <laughs> is a different story for a different time. Yes, yes, it is. Um, so yeah, it, it, I will never complain about staying at the Rio again. It won't be my favorite place, <laughs> yeah. but I'm always going to go, at least it's not Bally's. Right. And I got to thank you for that, man, because the reason that we usually stay at either the Rio or at Bally's is I've started doing cosplay stuff and this year was no different. And it's a lot easier to do your cosplay, uh, uh, preparation at the same place where the convention is instead of trying to find a taxi or an Uber and getting to where it is when you're all dressed up and stuff like that. So I gotta, I gotta give you thanks for, for the sacrifice, but I'm right there with you. Bally's was not the, it's kind of skeevy. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I learned this year? What's that? Is that we actually could have stayed at Paris and it would have been a shorter walk yes. than if you went from your room at the Rio down to the convention space. You're absolutely correct. Yep. And, and so um, I I hate you. We had actually <laughs> planned on doing that and then uh, we switched to Bally's and we should have just stayed at Paris. Sorry. Well, odds are we, would have, we still would have had to walk to that casino anyway, well, no matter true. what. That's true. But at least I wouldn't have to get um, outside in 100 degrees and get into a car and have my that's very makeup true. melt. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, so yeah, if if you're gonna stay somewhere, 
don't stay at Bally's. No, sorry, Bally's. Nope. We're not, you're not going to get our, our five-star review on uh, Yelp or whatever the hell the hotel place is. Uh, hotels.com. <laughs> there you go. Uh, who are not sponsors of this fine not, podcast. Not at all, and now probably never will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that the array of celebrities they had was actually pretty great. Mm -hmm. Um, They had over, what, 130 guests. And I'm going to say that maybe 100 of those were people who had actually been in Star Trek or maybe close to 100. Because we were among those 130 guests. Mm -hmm. And, um, well... We're not, we're not exactly royalty. Not I don't think so. Not at all. But you know what? We'll take it. Um, but yeah, they had they had some good names. They had people on stage, like we said on that main stage, doing what they always do. I happened to be in line a couple of times. Uh, uh, Walter Canning was on stage. Um, I felt really bad for him, to be honest with you. Um, and I I was uh, in line when Shatner was on stage. Um, and I guess there was some great panels, like with the Discovery cast and and the Strange New World cast. So they had the things that everybody expects to be there. But it was good to see so many faces. It really was. Um, I, I appreciated that so many people that we know turned out instead of taking the year off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some people went to some other cons and some people did the cruise earlier in the year and and whatever else. But it was good to see many of the same core group that we see every single year in Vegas back in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think that that was, I think that was a really great sign. It's a, it just goes to show that even though it's not the official Star Trek convention, it's the Star Trek convention. In it my is. mind, it's the place where everybody wants to be. It's the biggest one. Um, and everybody wants to be there. Well, then let's talk about the other place in Vegas people want to be at. And that is the fan geeks party. <laughs> and, there were some great things about it. There were some not so great things about it. And we're going to be honest about it. Yep. Um, it was not the party we planned. Correct. It was the party we had. Exactly. Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, Tommy Rockers was was uh, where we had it this year, right? Right near the Rio. It would have been a very short drive if we had been at the Rio this year, but uh, it wasn't. And uh, unbeknownst to us until right before uh, we headed out to Vegas, um, they decided to um, book some live music for the exact same time that we were having our Fan Geeks party. And that, uh, that kind of threw a monkey wrench into our plans on what we wanted to do and how we wanted to handle our, our party like we do every year. It's pretty much us from the beginning to the end. And we had to kind of go in between uh, musical sets that, uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't care for. I, I, they, they, people were, were not happy because it was loud. Um, and um, it, unfortunately, we, we, we worked through it. We were able to, to, to do the party and have a good time, but it definitely was not what we had expected. No, we found out about, I want to say maybe 12 days before the party, mm-hmm. um, which didn't give us any time to maybe try to find a different location. Yep. Um, at that point, we were kind of locked in and kind of had to just roll with it. And you're right. It was loud. Um, it was not great. And neither of us or none of us were happy. You, me, fansets, none of us were really thrilled about it. So um, I, I, personally, I... I, I apologize to everybody who attended. I know a lot of people had a great time and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there were some people who went and did not have a great time. And for that, I feel terrible yep. um, because a good chunk of it was outside of our control. Right. Um, that won't be the case next year. Absolutely. And I can tell you, there's not going to be live music. No, there will not be live music. That We're going to make sure that when we do it, we're going to do it with the way that our listeners and our fans uh, and Fansets fans 
expect, and that's to have a fan geeks party with nothing else um, to take away from that. Um, I also think that, unfortunately, I don't think the establishment expected the amount of people that were going to show up. We told them how many tickets we sold. We told them that they were going to show up, and they didn't have the staff to handle it. And I know that that caused some issues as well. So as you do, I also apologize to all the people that were there. Um, It was not what we expected. It was not at the level that we wanted it to be at. I'm glad we were able to still have a good time. I'm glad that there were many people that did enjoy themselves. And for those that didn't, we hope that you will come back next year because it's not going to be like that. It's going to be what you expect when you come to a Fan Geeks party. We can guarantee you that because we're going to make sure well up front that it is exactly the way that we want it so that all of our uh, people that show up can enjoy themselves. Well, you know, and, uh, we, you know, our requirements were very simple. We told them we need two working mics and we need... Um, uh, we need time to do a lot of giveaways because you know, we talk usually two hours wall to wall, giving away a ton of stuff. And our opportunities to do that were kind of in between mini sets of songs. Um, I appreciate that the that the uh, the musical entertainment was willing to work with us in that regard because yep. he was just he just booked a gig and was showing up. Um, so I, I can't really blame him, but um, to have that sort of extra wrench thrown in was was not great. Um, the venue was not prepared and we told them we were going to put 300 Trekkies in a room and they admitted they didn't believe us. Right. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So it, um, it, it is what it is on the bright side. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of people left with a whole bunch of cool pins, a lot of pins, which was very, very exciting. And we had, we had actual celebrities drop in at the party. Yeah, we actually did. Cool waters, uh, brought their, entourage uh and they were there for pretty much the whole night and i'm not going to remember all the names you know how i am with names but of course uh deep roy from star trek 2009 was there which was great i did not know that was going to happen uh the big name of the night of course doug jones was there and he was fantastic and gracious as he always is um there were a whole bunch of folks there from discovery uh and they sat in the back room and they, or not the back room but off to the side of where the stage was and they had dinner and and we actually did something that we didn't expect was going to happen we didn't know this was going to happen and it ended up being wonderful and that is we had a live auction to raise money for ken mitchell's family for his his medical uh costs and and uh, cool waters had some some gift bags that they uh that they auctioned off uh which had some special fansets pins in it uh fansets offered uh, a couple things including one of the sets of the memorial pins autographed by several of the people that were there at the fan geeks party and we ended up raising it was over three thousand dollars, wasn't it, or very close to three thousand? I think it was pretty close just to three thousand dollars at the Fan Geeks party. And one of the things I'm going to call out somebody very special right now, and that of course is <clears throat> uh, Steve Bovia, uh, who's one of our patrons. He's a wonderful guy. He's Mike's uh, father and Emily's uh, grandfather. He uh, uh, he he was the top bidder in one of the auctions uh, of the bags uh, from Cool Waters, and in one of these. Uh, bags was a special fansets pin of Doug Jones in like a tux taking his tie off back to back with Saru. There are only a few of these available. They're they're not uh, they're not for sale. And Doug actually autographed this. So Steve paid for this bag, and then the next day he went to the Cool Waters table and gave the pin back to them and said, "I want you to auction this pin off. Keep all my money. Make more money off of this pin, so we can get more money to Ken's family." That is a true awesome person, and what Steve did, and I just love him to death for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
it, it shows what Star Trek fandom is about. Mm-hmm. It was it was really one of the highlights of, of the whole weekend for us. Yeah. Um, and for the fan sets guys too. But you know, we had we had Doug Jones, we had Alan Van Sprang, who was of course yes. Leland yep. from Section Thirty One. Yep. We had um Ava Blackwell. Mm-hmm. Um, who's uh, usually under makeup? A lot of it. <laughs> in in, dis- in, in discovery. Yep. A lot of prosthetics. I think Hannah Cheeseman was there too. Hannah was there. Yep. Um, and I may be missing a name or two, and I apologize if I am. But um, we had people who we recognized from Discovery, including Dougie. So right. um, it was it was wonderful of them all to turn out. Uh, it was really a highlight of the evening for us. And it really changed the energy in the room. People were very excited to have them there. I will say that is absolutely correct. And, you know, at the beginning of the evening, things were kind of, people were like, what's going on with this music? You know, some areas of the room you couldn't hear when we were talking on the mics. And even though we asked for two mics, Bill, we only did have one working mic, which was kind of aggravating too. Um, So we were kind of trying to deal with all that. We were going table to table to talk to people and try and cheer them up. And then... Cool Waters walked in, and Doug, and all the other people, and Alan, like you said, all the people out with him. And the atmosphere in the room changed instantly, and the rest of the night really seemed more upbeat, happy, lots of giveaways, and and it ended up being uh, uh, pretty successful. But uh, there were parts of it, like like what we saw at the 56-year mission tour, things didn't go exactly as planned for creation at Bally's. Things didn't go exactly as planned uh, at our at our little gig, but that's going to be all taken care of next year. It will be, um, and and we can pretty much swear to that yeah. uh, because uh, <laughs> you know I wasn't happy that night. Yep. Um, I I put a lot of work and effort into just making that thing come off mm-hmm. and then for the venue to sort of, I don't want to say bait and switch us, but to really kind of hose us and, and pigeonhole us into having something that we weren't planning on. Yep. Uh, we could have dealt with the staff shortage if we hadn't had the live music. Absolutely. I, I, th- I believe I that. I think that would have been uh, absolutely the case. I think the I think the biggest uh, downer, if you I don't want to, you know, speak negatively about a, a party that we had, but was the music. The, the live music yeah. was just it was loud. It was it was not what people expected when they come to a fan geeks party and we did what we had to do to, to work around it. So No, absolutely. And then another highlight of the weekend uh, had to be having Bonnie Gordon at our table. She, the computer voice from Star Trek Prodigy. Appeared at our table all weekend long, mm-hmm. meeting fans, signing autographs, taking pictures, and it was it was awesome to have her there because I'm so glad that she was able to get some some recognition yes. from the fans and to 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 meet some of the young kids that watch Prodigy yeah. alone. Um, I, I think it was pretty awesome. It really was awesome. It was it was. Uh, I was so glad that we were able to get a place for her that she could spend the weekend to to meet the fans and promote her album that's coming out and do autographs and selfies. She loves meeting the fans, and and you're absolutely right. There were several times that we were there, and also one of the things that was great was it was she actually put up with us, and that's always a positive thing. Um, but she was able to talk to many young people who love the show. So to be able to talk to them and talk about how she's a computer voice and it's so great. It was one of the highlights because we get to see it a lot because we'd be at the booth standing watching what's going on. She had people all weekend there, and I thought, and she was there almost the entire time that the vendors' room was open. So uh, I thought it was fantastic that we were able to spend time with her and talk to her and and uh, have a chance for her to meet her fans. It was really something special. It, it's amazing. Did you ever find the booth? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a jerk. Because. <laughs> 
Bonnie was there more than you. Uh, that's true. But you know, the, you know, when when Thanos comes to Colin, you got to go do what you got to do. So and Galt <laughs> and Galt, yeah, and so you know. and your adoring public and pe- you know people like I said before, you know people. You know, I got to be there for the people, man. No, 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 it's got nothing to do with the people. It's got everything to do with. All right, so here we are. It's it's what the Saturday <laughs> Friday afternoon, go. I think it was. I'm standing there. You grab Lou and you guys go over to see Sonequa Martin Green, and I'm standing at the booth going. Is somebody going to invite me? When did we go see some? Oh no, it was Tawny. I'm sorry, it was Tawny. Oh, that's right, it was Tawny. Well, that's because somebody grabbed me. Oh, that was uh, it was uh, was it Sabrina? No, who was it who grabbed me? And then we grabbed. No, it was it I was forget. Yvette. Yvette, it was Yvette. Yep. So, but you grabbed Lou and said, "Let's go," and I'm like, "What? What the? Hey, I wanted to. What rep- the? I wanted to represent the network as best as possible. <laughs> that's why you had Yvette." <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so now I got to take one of them. That's good. Yes, that's true. You know, some, when, when those things happen fast, I, my, you know, my brain doesn't work right. You did the same thing to me with Kate Mulgrew. That's what I mean. I did, it doesn't work right. I'm like, what? Kate? Everything else is blocked out. I'm like, Bill who? Let's go. <laughs> he hosed me twice. That's all right. Kate didn't want to see you anyway. Yeah, she sure as hell didn't want to see you. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it was it was really uh, it was something, and I will give credit. Um, I was not at the booth a lot. I had cosplay two days, and I was roaming around and having a great time. And uh, so, I, I that will not be the case next year. Next year, I'll be cosplaying three days. So, <laughs> next year we're going to reduce your cosplaying to one day. Yes, it will be one day next year. I think that's it. That's all I'm going to do, so I can be there to help out the network, my friend. <laughs> It's just about time you did something. Mark is in um, poetry live at the Rio. No, <laughs> no. And maybe if you did Farkism haiku. Ooh, I like that. Farku. I would think we'll do that. No, no, no. <laughs> Farkism haiku. Yeah. I, I did not create a, a portmanteau of those words on purpose. Uh, who? <laughs> just look it up. <laughs> okay. It's 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 a combination of two words. Like here's a great example. Brangelina. Ooh, that see that one I know. Okay. That's a portmanteau. Thank you. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks, pal. Um it's a French thing. Mm. Don't ask me anymore. Uh, um so so yeah, all in all, um not the worst convention I've ever no. been to. No. Um not the best Vegas I've ever been to, but man, it was really great to be back and to to experience Vegas again. Being on the strip did not suck. No, it didn't. It really didn't. I thought that was really very cool. I really, I really liked that a lot. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ma- uh, mention real quickly, man, it doesn't have to do so much with the convention, but we will have an, an incredible evening on Saturday night. We went to a party to kick off Trek Talks 2. That was really something. Uh, uh, Amy and Simon, who are, who are big supporters of Hollywood Food Coalition, got a little get together for people, and and it, there was there were Star Trek stars there. Uh, Rod Roddenberry showed up, and John Billingsley was there. Anthony Montgomery. There were just a whole bunch of people. Ciroc showed up um, to to celebrate what we are doing um, on January fourteenth, twenty twenty three, when we have our our second Trek Talks um, event. It was really a lot of fun. People were excited about it. Um, uh, people want to help and they want to be involved in this because it really is it's, its exactly what Star Trek is all about. So I'm glad we were able to do that. And then, of course, you and I got to have a fantastic dinner with John Billingsley. Had a great time. Uh, he is a character. And watching him gnaw on a tomahawk chop steak bone was something that I'll never forget. Well, you undercut the lead there for a minute. So let's go back to the party for a second. Um, 60th floor yeah. of the Delano Hotel, which mm-hmm. is adjacent to Mandalay Bay, in a suite, cat, you know, open bar, hors d'oeuvres, 
Um, a great collection of people. We recorded a brief video shot by David Livingston, yes. yep. longtime Star Trek director who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, and uh, it was just, it was a great night of 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 coming together with people who really was who who support this effort and who were looking to help make this telethon really even better in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, we're crazy, but it's there's a potential this event could be even longer. Yes, uh, we have talked about that, and I'm not going to be surprised if it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that we, we listen to the voice of the people. You talk about that a lot. <laughs> uh, but in this case, we actually did. Yep. And um, we're hoping to make it even bigger and even better than 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 this past year. So uh, Trek Talks 2, January 14th, 2023. That's uh, the holiday weekend mm-hmm. for Martin Luther King Day in the United States. Yep. Um, and it's, it's going to be a hell of a time, dude. It is going to be a hell of a time. And e- even Isabella thinks it's going to be. Awesome. Isabella agrees. Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be, uh, uh, just as magnificent. It's going to be bigger than it was last year. It's going to be badder. It's going to be Trekker is what I think I said, uh, when I posted the video out. Um, and it was really great to see the reaction that, uh, all the people that were at that party, uh, you can tell that their hearts are in the right place. And, uh, I can't wait to raise a whole lot of money for Hollywood food coalition. Me either, but yeah. Then we got to have steaks with Billingsley, and it was, <laughs> it was a funny night. We're so we're sitting there at this at this steakhouse, and we're it's also table three, and then there's table like ten on the other side of the room, and they're like, they're we're having fun back and forth talking between the two parties, and like they know him from somewhere, right. yeah. And like he looks really familiar. It's like uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but eventually they got clued in, and it yeah. was a good night. So. Yeah, it was. It was um, all in all, it, it was a fun trip. I'm glad we did. It was good to get back out there again. It really was. Uh, despite the fact that I came home with uh, something worse than Concord, but not as bad as COVID. Me? Me. <laughs> no, you yeah. came oh. home with me. Oh. <laughs> that's bad as bad. Why, yes, I gone. did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing before we kind of yeah. wrap. Um, I have never seen the line at that hour of the morning at the airport that long. Oh my goodness! To go through Southwest and man, did it move! It did. It really did. We got there uh, like uh, well ahead of schedule, and we saw the line for the luggage, and we're like, we're not going to get on our flight. It was like that long, but we got through that entire line of at least three hundred people in like fifteen minutes. It was yeah, it was incredible how fast it moved. So yeah. I, I was stunned. Yep. I'm amazed that we got on our plane, quite yep. honestly. Yeah, we did. And it Uh-oh. was a nice eventless ride home. Not like the way out there, which we're not going to talk uh-huh. about. <laughs> uh, what's nine hours in Chicago? Ah, come on. It's a big, Overnight. It's a big deal in a really yeah. crappy airport. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, that, uh, that concludes our look at Vegas. I can honestly say that uh, as we look to do this next year in 322 days. Oh, yes. That... Um, that it'll be good to get back to the Rio. It'll be good to be back earlier in August. Yes, first week of August again, which is good. I think that, you know, with it being at the end of the month it was this year, you know, you not as many people could could enjoy it because school starts there uh, middle of August, if not uh, sooner than that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good to be back on schedule uh, of the normal time. Great to meet so many people we've not had a chance to meet before, like, say, Debbie Moltisanti. Yes. Great to see other friends we haven't been able to see in years, like, say, Brooke Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, great to see our, our friends at Fansets every single day for four straight days. It was fantastic. And it kind of cap off every night with, uh, with with a nice yard of frozen drink, yard, which was actually oh, pretty awesome. Whatever it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Mudslide. Slide. That's what it was. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> well, Dan, you know what else is pretty fantastic? Oh, I think I know. I, I'm willing to bet you do, because this is one of the things you're very smart about. Our friends, the band Five Year Mission. <laughs> 
they, who have so many great songs, they just had, what is it, their 12th anniversary show? That's unbelievable. That is fantastic. It was a live show. They they played their butts off. They did a great job. Uh, I, I'm, I wish I could have been there, quite honestly. Yeah, it's, I uh, it, it would have been amazing to be at, but that can't, doesn't stop everybody else from going out and getting all their albums at fiveyearmission.net. Mm-hmm. Become huge fans of this band. You hear their music on Trek Geeks every week. You hear it across the network. You even hear their podcast. They're rather eponymously named mm-hmm. Five Year Mission, the podcast, on the Trek Geeks podcast network. Awesome. They... They are huge fans of Star Trek, so you should be huge fans of them, Dan. Uh, I am a huge fan of them, and I just got to say right now, I said it last week, Creation, get off your butts, sign them for the house band for next year when it returns to the Rio, because people are going to love it. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I may say it from time to time over the course of the next several months, because they would be just that good. Also, something that's just that good, Bill, is I just watched another great episode. You know, you're going to love it. Remember that time when the the drummer and and one of the guitarists from Five Year Mission were trying to figure out who was going to write the next song, and and their katras actually switched bodies? Oh, damn, my poor, poor Andy and Rittenhouse. I mean, trying to figure out how to help set things straight without screwing things up royally. It was awesome. Strange New Worlds, ep- season one, episode five, Fark a Muck, or Spock a Fark, or maybe even Fark a Fark. Look at that. How many Farks is that in one sentence? You're welcome. You're welcome, Bill. Is that a record? I think it is, and it's one that um, I'm going to work on breaking. No, please. <laughs> I I beg you for the children. Please don't. So out of the three, which one would you choose? That's like asking which method do I want to choose to die? Um, wow. Yeah. This is like the worst game of, of Mary F. Kill ever. <laughs> fark, um, fark, fark, fark. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> beer can chicken. Yeah, yeah. Fiveyearmission.net. Um, please don't encourage Dan. Just go get their music. Get Five Year Missions tunes in your brain. Go now. Go. Of course, don't forget, you too can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon, where you can get some special exclusive perks and raw audio. And Dan, just so many people who help make the Trek Geeks Podcast Network happen yeah. every single month for us. Absolutely. We were we were so happy to meet several of them out in Vegas. We we're able to give uh, them their, their uh, uh, Patreon pins from last year. We're going to be sending those out real soon, and we're going to be uh, displaying what we have in store for the 2022 pin very soon. But right now, don't worry about perks. We just want to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for everything they do. So thank you so much, Vikram Bhatt, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Patrick Escadero, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Peter Hong, William Jackson, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Jamie McGregor, Ross McKinney, Jim McMahon, Aaron Mollenkoff, Casey Pettit. No, Casey Pettit's on your list now. Scratch Casey Pettit off the associate producers. Helen Reed, Sarah Rutlinger, Tim Robertson, Desi Rogers, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Heather Sohn, Blake Strike, Rick Tatro, Lisa Tomlinson, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Kenny Hodgins. Oh, is it my turn? I'm your sorry. Turn. That's a long list. Sorry. That's a long list. And <laughs> it's a lot to listen to your voice for that length of time. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Steve Bovia. Hey, funny. We talked about him earlier. Yeah, we did. Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, 
Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, he of Biscuit Works, Jamie Rogers, Major Self, Casey Shafsky, Terry Shull, Jim Stoffel, good to see you, Jim, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, who is on time mm. 100% of the time, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. Dan, the senior producer of Trek Geeks, is the astronomically awesome Jude Tatman. Always astronomically awesome. Indeed, you too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks podcast network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Dan, next week, we are going to welcome a Star Trek legend and someone who's become a dear friend of both of us. Yes. Uh, and he works on the other side of the camera. Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited about this, buddy. We have the pleasure of get. We've had the pleasure of getting to know this legendary director uh, during our Trek talks preparation over the last year or so, and he truly is one of the nicest people we've ever known. From his dedication to helping those in need, to his work with the Hollywood Food Coalition, to being the man who holds the record of directing over sixty, yes, sixty Star Trek episodes. It'll be our honor and pleasure to welcome Mr. David Livingston to the show next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks podcast network. You know, if you told me two years ago that we would have a great friendship with someone who's directed 62 episodes of Star Trek across Next Gen and Voyager and Deep Space Nine and Enterprise, I would not have believed you. But David Livingston is such a... Uh, a wonderful, wonderful guy, um, such a such a gentleman in the truest sense of the word. Mm-hmm. It was so great to see him and La- and his wife in Las Vegas and their dog. Their dog walked right up to our <laughs> hey, pop, and then I look up and it's David Livingston. I'm like, oh, hey, I know, <laughs> I know. It'll be good to catch up with David um, because um, I, I I think that uh, the people really appreciate his work, and sometimes they don't even know that they've seen his episodes exactly. Um, like the visitor, yeah. first and foremost, comes to mind. Absolutely. Um, or he he wrote the story for the Deep Space Nine episode, The Nagus, which I just realized this week. Um, But David Livingston next week here on The Flagship. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, please, everyone, check out the other member podcasts on our network. So many great shows that we love having on our network, all from passionate fans who just want to support Star Trek and celebrate Gene's vision. You can find all our podcasts in the very free Trek Geeks mobile app or get a link to your favorite podcast player by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks podcast network. No one talks Trek like we do. And no one could. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 291, Dan. Nine away mm-hmm. from 300. Wow. Live long and prosper. Coco 11. No. Sorry. You are not going to besmirch <laughs> the memory of Sammy Davis Jr. Smirch. I like that word. By doing Coco 11. What is wrong with you? Sorry, Vegas, sorry. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
Bing bong. Bing bong. Gotcha, beat you. Bing bong, Dan. Oh, God, here we go. Bing bong. Mm-hmm. Welcome to this recording of the Trek Geeks podcast, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and Dan, it's a joy to welcome you here to our recording today. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Today we have a wonderful topic on tap. Oh, on tap. We're, I like that. What, Dan, please let me get through my introduction. <laughs> Where we are going to discuss our sojourn to the municipality of Las Vegas, Nevada, which has been described by many over the years as fabulous. Were you aware of that, Dan? No. This is the best you've ever been on our <laughs> podcast. Wow. I can't I say wish, the same for you. I wish that I could get you to stick to one-word answers Okay. most of the time, Dan. Fine. And that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Hi. Hi. It makes me just want to finish this all that much faster so I can shoot you with it. I have in my hand, ladies and gentlemen, the Blue Bricks Star Trek First Contact phaser rifle that I promised you I would start building, Bill, and I have started building it. And it is a lot of fun. I got a little trigger. Pew, pew. Yeah. There's a little gap there in between the trigger housing yeah, and the, uh, the body. I'm trying to fix that. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like that or not, but it's, I, I, I don't know. I'll have to work at it, but it's, it's, it's irritating me. I will tell you that. I'm glad that you know. I mean, your face irritates me. So, okay. Well, all right. I wonder if the, do they have like a customer service where I can ask them about that? How are you asking me? I don't know. Cause you built them already. You built stuff from them already. You big jerk. I mean, I have one set in process, just like you. You were at the same spot oh, I, I am you, at. I thought you did one already. Of Blue no, Bricks. if you'd paid attention to my Twitter, I, I, you'll see that it's in process. Oh, you know what I'm doing? I am, I am mixing up You're the, projecting. the Atari 2600 that you worked on, and now the Blue Bricks Enterprise D. That's what. I, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Dummy. So this is a fantastic kit. It's very, very solid and well put together, and I'm enjoying it immensely. All of the Blue Brick stuff seems to be really amazing. Yeah, I can see myself getting uh, a few of these. Because they're pretty awesome. Yeah, and price-wise, they're they're comparable or a little cheaper in some areas. Yep. yep. Than that other big brick company. Big brick. Yep. The big brick. Your face is a big brick. It's a big brick house. Mighty, mighty, letting it all hang out. Yeah. <sighs> the Commodores. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I said it. That's all right. So how are you? Whoa. So how are you? Okay, there you go. I, the horn part. I'm sore. So I'm driving down the road the other day, mm. and I I have on uh, I think it's a Spotify daily mix or some random Spotify decades channel or whatever. I don't I don't remember what it was. And all of a sudden, Lido Shuffle comes on, <laughs> and all I can think of is uh, the unintelligible lyrics that we yeah. uh, did in the outtake one mm-hmm. year. Um, God, it's got to be like five or six it's years. Been ago a now. long time. It has been a very long time. Yep. Yeah, getting from there to here. Rockus Milo. Hashtag Rockus Milo. Rockus Milo. Yep. So yeah, that was funny. So it's funny. Sue came up. Uh, Sue was looking through uh, social media the other night and found these T-shirts that have incorrect lyrics, 
I can't remember any of them, but I was like peeing my pants. They were so funny. And I'm like, you know, I've, I used to have lyrics like that on some of the songs that she was actually referring to. I was not very good at, uh, at lyric remembering or uh, knowing what they're actually saying when I was listening to these songs growing up. You're not good at word remembering no, now. I, I know. So I just make, make stuff up and it's fun. Yeah. The big one has always been Stairway to Heaven. That's one that I was now. Whenever I, whenever we sing it, uh, um, I'd say there was a wino down the road instead of winding down the road. <laughs> There's a wino down. And the so road. now everybody, David, everybody in the family sings that now when it's on. How often are you listening to Stairway to Heaven? I mean, is, do you go to any middle school dances? Oh no, well, we <laughs> we listen to um, uh, Amazon Music. We always do '70s rock station, and it's always on when when we listen to it. It's like gotcha. well, one of the ones that's always on, and I don't change it. I love it. I'm, I'm a huge Zep fan now, and uh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. This is amazing. Considering your is like my favorite rock band of all time. Led Zeppelin's right there. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> this is this is amazing. Considering that when I met you, your favorite song was "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" by Britney Spears. <laughs> I still love it. I just now have a have a, a lot more open mindedness to that which is of the music. All right, the fact that you're classifying Britney Spears' music really is something interesting. <laughs> it's on a music um, channel. It's on a music station. So, you know, I'm just going with the flow. That's what I do. I'm here for the people. <laughs> That's what the- <laughs> You can tell you were a politician's son at one point. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, you got to be there for those that want you to be there. What are you even saying? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, trying to fit in, man. Just trying to, you know, take one for the team and be there for everybody. You know, that's how it is. We lost a lot of good men out there. <laughs> but you play for the Yankees. Oh. I know. Free agency, <laughs> trades. Sorry, that's Wedding Crashers. Or a re- the reasonable oh facsimile goodness. of a quote from Wedding Crashers. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> but you played for the Yankees. <laughs> so remember way back in the day when I made fun of Downton Abbey and then started to love it and watched it and loved it and loved it oh, and, yeah. and still love it. Well, Sue introduced me to a new show. Um, while we were in Vegas, she started watching it. And then I watched all the first season and she rewatched it with me. And it's called Bridgerton and it's on Netflix. And it's fantastic. And it takes place in the old London and and it, it's... It's pretty cool. And I don't really like that genre, but maybe I do because now I love Downton Abbey and I've loving, I'm loving Bridgerton. So I was going to say perhaps you do. Yeah, I never really thought I did, but, you know, whatever. It's a good show. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. I got a lot of shows I got to catch up on, though. I still got to catch up on The Office. Uh, and I got to catch up on Better Call Saul. Uh, and I just don't have time. You would if you didn't watch crap like Bridgerton. Oh wow! Ouch! Oh my goodness! Well, no, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch The Office or Better Call Saul at the time that I'm watching television with my wife because she doesn't watch those. So I'm there for my wife. So you're. Oh, she doesn't watch Better Call Saul either. No. Ah. No. We tried watching season one a long time ago, and I don't think she really ever got into it. And then when I started to do the rewatch, I just did it on my own and and started from the first episode again and worked my way up to where I am now, which is. this season, I haven't seen any of this final season yet, and that's where I'm at. So, well, all right, there you go. As I have an Altoid, that makes for <laughs> incredible podcast listening. <laughs> you know what? Like I said, the people want to hear what the people want to hear. Danny and Altoid, crunch, 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 yum, yum, yum. I'm there for it. I think you have. <laughs> 
a really skewed perception on what the people want to hear. <laughs> Parkisms. No. <laughs> you have a really skewed perception. <laughs> it's just in general. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> it's not a judgment. I'm just stating a fact. All right. Well, I appreciate that. So, so um, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, dude, Killington Spartan race this past weekend. OMFG. Whoa. Not expecting that. What happened? It was whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. How's your uh, How's your leg? My knee is a, is better than it was. It's still a little sensitive. I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how I am at the gym tonight because we're going back to the gym for the first time since the race. Um, but uh, that was that was quite um, quite a challenge, but a lot of fun. We we really enjoyed ourselves. Your face is a challenge. It, it is, and I really enjoy my face. I, I <laughs> you have a singular appreciation yeah. for it. Um, it's a. Uh, I saw your fire jump photo because for those who don't know, Spartan is an obstacle course race um, that has run at various spots all over the country and you know, they have varying lengths and degrees of, of difficulty. And um, and you did one at, at Killington, which is really kind of considered the Super Bowl of Spartans right. to some extent. Um, one of the harder courses and pieces of terrain on which to do one of those obstacle course races. Hardest. Of all the ones they they offer, yeah, I think there's one that's moderately harder on some level, but mm. uh, my wife would be able to tell you more about that. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of every Spartan race, you jump across uh, fire. Fire. You do a fire jump. Yeah. Um, it's not like you jump over this huge bonfire. It's a it's a small fire, and they take a photo of you as you jump over, and and you did not face plant. So I'm very proud of you. Well, here's what I, what I planned. It was the very left, you know, putting a lot of strain on my knee the entire time. One of the, it's not an obstacle, but one of the parts of this course is you literally climb up a 35 to 40 degree slope for 1700 straight feet, just straight up. Yeah. It's just brutal. Then you go and across the mountain, you're carrying sandbags, you're carrying buckets of rocks and blah, blah, blah. And on the last one, it was a sandbag climb up the mountain, across the mountain, and then down. And when I was doing the across on the slant, that's where I felt my knee pop. And then going down was absolutely excruciating. It was right near the end of the race where you had one more obstacle, then an A-frame cargo net, and then jumping over the flames. I had told Sue at the beginning of the race that I was going to do like a Spider-Man pose going over those flames. I was going to try to get my legs up and my arms. I was going to be like, Wah! with shooting the webs and everything. With my knee the way it was, I'm very happy, like you said, that I didn't face plant because going over that that thing was was not easy with the way my knee was feeling, but I wanted to do it. So I didn't get the pose I wanted, but it was still awesome. It's still a fantastic photo, and they got both of you going over the fire at the same time, which yeah. is pretty fantastic. Yeah, we said, let's do this together. You want to hold hands? She says, no, I need my balance. So, <laughs> so we didn't. That's because she knows that you drag everything down, Dan. <laughs> yep. Not this, though. It was great. We had a fantastic time. Speaking of dragging everything down before we start this, um, your birthday is in a couple of days. So oh. uh, uh, happy birthday. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you you don't look a day over 60. It's I, amazing. I don't feel a day over 80. It's it's great. After this race this weekend, I really expected I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure we get you some brand new adult diapers uh, for next time. I've great job. I've a lot, but thank you. No, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be moving uh, my oldest into their new apartment on my birthday. So yay. Actually, day after because my birthday's Friday, I guess. I don't even see. It's not even a big deal to me. So I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Your your birthday is Friday. Thank that you. Is correct. Okay, so Friday. <laughs> I, I I know these things. And then two weeks after, it's you. Ah. It's just about yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two weeks in a day. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. We're getting Jerk. old, buddy. 
Uh, you're getting old. I'm getting fantastic. <laughs> no, you're already fantastic. <laughs> no, I just, it's varying degrees of oh. fantastic. I may be fantastic now. And in, in just over a couple of weeks after you, I'm going to be really fantastic. Okay, well, keep telling yourself that. <clears throat> uh, no, the people tell me that because the people <laughs> get what they want. Uh, Are you ready, jerk? Uh, yes, I'm ready. Let's get out of here. Right now, right. let's go. Coconut.